I have actually loved mathematics since I was 12 years old. My mother um, finished high school and that was it. My dad, I, I don't know how far he got, but I know he did not go to high school. So they weren't really into school, but they had this, I, you know, the sense that if you do well in school, you'll do well in life. In my hometown, I belong to a group of distinguished men. I'm one of the youngest, I'm 75, but one of the youngest members of the group. And they, they, they go to about 90. We're called Retired Old Men Eating Out, Romeo. <laughs> we support things within the community. I'm an oddity, I'm the only scientific person there. There should be more. If the, the recognition of science, mathematics, STEM subjects, in the general community were larger, it would be possible. Mathematics is community. The subject is itself something that's born out of conversation, in community, and to be able to do it requires a place. So this is what NAM is, my source of family, community, and um, place. That was doctors Don Lott, Omira Ortega, Scott Williams, and Caleb Ashley black mathematicians and professors at different stages in their careers, being interviewed as part of a research project investigating math histories of black mathematicians, led by Dr. Erica Walker at Teachers College, Columbia University. MathLab is a hub for multimodal and digital scholarship that explores the relationship between media and our changing society. We support, curate, and create media intended to spark dialogue and social change and the development of pedagogy that uses media to foster civic engagement. MathLab is located in the Communication, Media, and Learning Technology Design Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. We are here in Baltimore, Maryland at the Joint Mathematics Meetings where this year is a very special year. It's the 50th anniversary of the founding of the National Association of Mathematicians. So we're here at NAM um, to talk to people who were instrumental in the founding of NAM and collect some of these narratives to see um, how these narratives can live sort of um, live on beyond um, the mathematicians who tell them and share them and also to help spark some interest in mathematics for others. Wow. These are all my students wow. <laughs> and a, a colleague. So Diane and Tarika are both math students too. Emmanuel's a math student. And these ladies are in the technology program at Teachers College. This is Scott Williams, retired professor of mathematics at the State University at Buffalo. I would just like to hear about how, um, what, why you think NAM is important. You're one of the founders. If you could speak a little bit to its importance and its impact in the community. When, when, when NAM was first founded, I was a young radical. I mean, I just, I was, how old was I, 26 years old? Uh, in, in the beginning, it was clear that, that uh, blacks were non-entities within the, the general mathematical community. So we needed to have an organization that would represent some things that we desired to do. So my name for NAM, it wasn't NAM at that point. My name was, was Third World Mathematicians. <laughs> and I really felt very strongly about that. I had to bite my tongue and accept the name Nam, accept uh, a purpose that was a little bit more conservative than what I thought, th th thought it should be. So I would say that 
that uh, probably as large as its biggest need is to is to uh, keep mathematics fluid within within the African American community. Well, this project is a little different. It's something somewhat new for me um, in that this project is going to seed a larger project around how narratives around mathematics can encourage young people to um, do more mathematics, stay in mathematics, want to become math majors, want to become mathematicians. My name is Edray Herbert Goins. I'm currently with Pomona College and I'm the president of the National Association of Mathematicians. Great. Uh, Dr. Goins, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. Um, we'd just like to hear from your perspective, what do you think the importance of NAM is and what has been its impact? NAM, I think, is one of the few national voices for black mathematicians. Uh, you know, NAM has always said that it cares about uh, promoting and developing the success in mathematics of underrepresented minorities, but really, de facto, NAM is really the voice of black mathematicians. So when I say the voice, on the one hand, um, NAM acts as an advocacy organization, and there's a lot of organizations out there that come to NAM to ask for advice, to ask for help, and I think that NAM does an excellent job of really getting the word out there that here are individuals that they can contact, that they can work with. But on the other hand, NAM also gives an opportunity for black undergraduates, grad students, and faculty to showcase their research, to meet other people. Um, so I, I just think that it holds an invaluable role in the mathematics community. Um, I did my undergraduate at Caltech, my graduate at Stanford, and those are the so-called predominantly white institutions. And we just didn't even hear about any of these organizations. Before the interview, Dr. Goins gave a talk called A Dream Deferred, 50 Years of Blacks in Mathematics at the Joint Math Meetings. Here's an excerpt. This is a letter here that I have up on the screen that appeared in the Science Magazine. This is a publication at AAAS back in about August or so of 1951. And it was written by four members of the math department at Fisk University in Tennessee. And as the story goes, the department chair knew that there was going to be a sectional meeting of the AMS that was hosted by Peabody and Vanderbilt. And so, of course, there was going to be a banquet there. The president of the AMS at the time, Emil Arten, was invited to give an address for the banquet. And so the chair decided that he wanted to buy some tickets for his departmental members. Well, the person who was essentially arranging all of this saw the order from the department chair, and he called the chair to simply ask a question. How many of these tickets would be used by Negroes, would be used by black Americans? Now, for those of you that don't know, Fisk is a historically black college, so of course the chair was like, well, all four of them are going to be Negroes. Well, the person who was the chair of the arrangements committee said, well, I'm going to deny you the tickets because we here at the AMS do not sell tickets to Negroes. The four individuals who wrote this letter were Evelyn Boyd, Walter Brown, H.M. Holloway, and Lee Lorge. Let's now go back to 1969. Right, so really, what is it that happened that year? So remember I said that the American Mathematical Society and the MAA had their joint meetings. It was in New Orleans. And one of the Sunday mornings, January 26, there were 17 underrepresented minorities who got together to say, enough is enough. Something has to happen. We really need to have an organization where people really are understanding and really saying something about what should happen with underrepresented minorities. So I won't read all the 17 names that are here, but I will say that at least five of them will be at the NAM banquet on Friday. So if you'd like to see some of them, to really talk to them about what happened back then, 
I recommend it. Uh, those five individuals are Jim Donaldson, Johnny Houston, Scott Williams, Robert Smith, and Harriet Walton. But let me say, what is NAM? What is NAM really all about? And I'll just say that it's a nonprofit organization that really has two missions. So number one, to promote the excellence in mathematics of underrepresented minorities, and number two, to promote the development of mathematical talent for underrepresented minorities. Now that's part of the mission statement, but that really isn't the founding principle of NAM. The founding principle is very simple. It comes from this principle of Kwanzaa called Kuji Jagulia, which basically means self-determination. So the idea is that underrepresented minorities can help themselves and do for themselves. Harriet Walton, I retired from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia in 2000. If you could share with us a story that you have about NAM and its impact on math and mathematicians. Well, I'm one of the founders of NAM. I'm being honored tonight. I joined the Mathematical Association of America in 1953. I was a student at Howard University. So when I went to teach at, How at Hampton uh, Institute, it was then, I began attending the meetings of the Math Association and, you know, always meeting jointly with AMS. In New Orleans, we somehow felt that we needed an organization that could speak directly to the needs of the black mathematicians at our institution. So that's why the organization was begun, not to be separate from we didn't call it the National Association of Black Mathematicians, but mathematicians, and in fact, there are mathematicians of all persuasions that are members. Can you tell us what inspired you to study math? Oh, I always liked math as a youngster. And when I got ready to attend college, I said, well, I like to sew, so I knew a little bit about sewing, no need to measure in home economics. Played the piano a little bit, no music, math. Decided to major in math. And it's so interesting, I finished 11th grade. My high school had only 11 grades at that time, and I had had about that much math. So the fact that I had the goal to say I'm going to major in mathematics. I didn't know that I couldn't do it, so I did it. Um, and what was that experience like uh, deciding to like major in math and coming from the back background where you didn't have a lot of experience in high school? Things just flowed. At Clark College it was then, now Clark Atlanta University. There were no discouragements. The idea that I wanted to major in math just seemed natural, and I did it. And in fact, my senior year, seniors at that time were often employed to teach at the college. So I taught 
a freshman math class my senior year mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you for speaking to us and congratulations on your honor tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Curtis Clark from Morehouse College. I'm an associate professor in mathematics. Uh, I've been there for 29, this is my 29th year teaching at Morehouse. And I was a student of Dr. Harriet Walton. She taught me my first, my second math course at Morehouse College. And she was the one who turned me on to mathematics. I'm Curtis Clark, Jr. I'm graduate of Morehouse College, class of 2015. I'm currently in graduate school at Georgia State University, working on my master's degree. And um, my father's been bringing me to the NAM banquet for as long as I can remember when I come to the math conventions. And I'm looking forward to developing more of a relationship with NAM. Um, being in graduate school, it's even more important to um, have this sense of community um, that you're not alone in this struggle. Dr. Walton used to prove things in college algebra. I've still got the, I still have my books. They, they, I still have my books that I have from my first math course at Morehouse College and my, and my trig course that I, and uh, playing geometry and trig, and I played trig course that I had with Dr. Walton. So that's just how much they, they impacted on us. I think that that's, that's what got me started. Well, aside from having a father who's a mathematician, um, I would attribute my love for mathematics to two people, Dr. Brania, well three, Dr. Brania, Dr. Ping, and Dr. Cooper. Um, Dr. Brania taught me set theory, and um, I was at the time a physics major, and um, I made a B in that set theory class, but I was like, I had so much fun working to prove things, and the enjoyment of being right, and that like you can be right and prove that you're right. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, and from that point on, I changed my major to mathematics and haven't looked back since. Can you tell us a little bit about what you currently do now at the university, what, what your role is at the current university? What do I do here? I teach a lot of math classes. And um, I actually just started up my research group again. When I was at Arizona State, I had an undergraduate student research group. And it's called the Mathematical Epidemiology Research Group, or MERGE. You know, you have to have a, a good acronym. And um, I'm working with five students, and they're all women, which is kind of cool. Right now, we're just trying to understand math models of infectious disease with relation to climate change. And then we're going to start looking at um, the published mathematical models for each of those diseases and see how we can incorporate climate change um, and seasonality, those types of factors, into their models. Uh, I'm Robert Bozeman, and um, I've, uh, I'm retired from the Department of Mathematics at Morehouse College. I came to Morehouse in 1973. The department chair at that time was a gentleman named Benjamin J. Martin. He was a very good friend of uh, Dr. Johnny Houston, who was uh, the first executive secretary of NAM. So it was in 1974 that I learned about NAM and got, uh, met Dr. Houston. And uh, Dr. Houston came to the Atlanta University Center sometime during that period over at that, uh, really at Atlanta University. And so we formed a good personal relationship during those years. And in 1991, I accepted the position of, a, of a secretary treasurer. We expanded the program over years to include 
the Math Fest, which came to be a very big program because it involves students. Math can be fun as well as serious and also as well as motivational. My name is Johnny Houston. I am with the National Association of Mathematicians and I was one of NAM's founders. And we came up with something called Math Fest where we brought into being undergraduate math, undergraduate math, mathematics students from all over the country, from, primarily from HBCUs, so that they could understand and get introduced to mathematics early and have some aspirations and know that there were no limitations. Interestingly enough, after MAM, after NAM started MathFest, MAA changes summer meeting to MathFest. So the point is, we define ourselves we were going to be included in whatever the scene was in mathematical sciences nationally in the United States, and that we were going to be around the table, not because we were waiting to be invited, but by our very action and what we had to offer, we could demand it. And that's what we did. Uh, around the same time, we started the regional faculty conferences that would go from various regions and it was an opportunity for faculty members who did not attend the national meeting to showcase their research in a local setting. My sister said, did you know that you were the first? I said, no, I didn't know I was the first. I, you know, I never thought about it really. Yes. And uh, I got my degree in 1949 yes. from Yale. I don't know whether it was NAM, it could have been NAM that announced or designated me as the first African-American woman to get a, a PhD in math. Yes. So, okay, I'm the first. Now, I got it in 1949. I graduated summa cum laude from yes. Smith College in Massachusetts and got scholarships, mm -hmm. uh, fellowships to go to graduate school. Yes. Smith gave me a scholarship, mm -hmm. and so did Yale. Uh, of course, Yale at that time, that was at the end of World War II, mm -hmm. 1945, mm -hmm. so I think they were very happy to have women <laughs> come, and very happy to uh, help us financially to also. But I, during the summers when I was at uh, Smith, World War II was going on, and I worked at the National Bureau of Standards during the summers, and so that helped with the finances. Mm -hmm. And when I uh, when I went to Yale, I got Rosenwald scholarships mm -hmm. for two years, mm -hmm. and then the last year, the fourth year at Yale, I got the uh, Atomic Energy Predoctoral Fellowship, and uh, I worked on the Apollo project for maybe a year and a half. And then IBM called me one day and said, we want you back here, we want you back here. So I went back to IBM. So in other words, you know, th at that time, they were just, well, you know, the, the space program was growing, yes. technology was growing, yes. mathematicians, scientists, yes. there was such a demand yes. for people. And apparently my color nor my gender, gender. made a difference. Wow. I never had a problem. 
We are really, really passionate in mathematics. African Americans who have been successful in mathematics are really passionate about growing the numbers and finding more people to participate in the discipline. And so there's all kinds of interventions and programs and activities to try to encourage students at all levels to continue in mathematics. And I think one of the things we can do better is give everybody the full scope of all the possibilities and resources that are out there. And this is, um, I mean, you know, as someone who was working so hard with edge, you get so focused in edge and I can get and I can, you know, forget about all the other opportunities. And, you know, I default to trying to fix everything myself when it turns out there's another really strong resource out there that can um, support some of the things I am doing. So, um, you know, I think moving forward, the more we share with each other our successes and the opportunities, the more students we're going to be able to reach out to across the board. My name is Eureka Wilson. I am currently vice president. I'm the outgoing vice president of NAM. I am also a full-time faculty member at Morehouse College. I am also an associate director at one of the NSF Math Institutes um, on Brown's campus in Providence, Rhode Island. The notion that I somehow was ordained as some special math brain is completely a false narrative, right? That the reason why I'm an expert in mathematics is because of two things. I was valued in it and I spent 10 years of my life from, 2000, from 1998 to 2008 having mathematics be the most important thing in my life. That I worked hard at it and I, was, I took advantage of the small lucky opportunities that came across my way. Specifically for NAM, James Donaldson was my hero, right? So I had two people you know, Cora Sadowski was an Argentinian woman who said, yo, you can get a PhD in math, which was great for me to hear that because it opened up possibilities for me. But what James Donaldson did um, was simply exist, right? I mean, I was in class, intro to analysis. He walks in and I see him, he takes off his jacket and he just starts writing all this stuff on the board. No notes, nothing, complete mastery of the subject. And when I sat there, I said, oh my God, this is exactly who I want to be. History is very, very important. Uh, people need to know from whence they came. Uh, and it gives you a grounding, uh, a very important grounding. And, uh, and that is strongly believed that everyone can do it if properly prepared. James Donaldson, Professor Emeritus and Dean Emeritus, College of Liberal Arts, Department of Mathematics, Howard University. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast episode is the first of many artifacts to result from the rich set of interviews conducted as part of this exciting interdisciplinary and multimodal research initiative. This episode was produced by the Media and Social Change Lab at Teachers College, Columbia University. Interviews were conducted by Professor Erica Walker and math education graduate students Diane Baptiste, Emmanuel Blankson, and Tarika Harris, and recorded by Emmanuel Blankson and Mask Lab member Ellie Smith. This episode was co-produced and edited by myself, Caroline DeVoe. Our music is Once Upon a Time by Jason J. St. Thomas, released under Audio Binger on Free Music Archive. 
Our theme music is Kelp Grooves by Little Glass Men, available at Free Music Archive. Special thanks to the National Association of Mathematicians and the Joint Mathematics Meetings. Please visit our website, masklab.org, for more information and to subscribe to our podcast series. Thank you again for listening.